evening. It's nice to be back with you guys after I got COVID and probably gave it to a handful of you guys. Sorry about that. Um, we're all good. I can't taste or smell yet. So eventually, Lord willing, I'll be able to, to do that again. Um, all right. Who is excited? I'm excited to see all you guys tonight. It's good to see your faces. It's good to actually be out of jail. I was in quarantine in a room in my house for the 14-day time period because I didn't want to get anybody else in my house. And praise the Lord, no one else got COVID in my house. So we weren't in this kind of perpetual 14 days and 14 days and 14 days and 14 days. Um, so yeah, we're, we're going to be in Matthew a little bit tonight um, before we jump into it all together. Let me pray for us one more time. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Uh, Jesus, I just thank you so much for who you are. <laughs> I thank you that you are preeminent in everything, that you've gone before us, that you are here with us, that you, are, you will be there um, after this. I thank you that you are the center of everything, Jesus. Lord, I pray that tonight that you would be the center of everything again. And as we leave from this place, that you would continue to be the center of everything, of our lives, of our vision, of our hope. Lord, I pray that you would give each of us ears to hear, hearts to receive and listen. Give us hearts of flesh, Lord, not hearts of stone. Lord, that we can hear what your prophets have said to us, Lord, what you've said to us, Jesus. Hear what your Holy Spirit's speaking to us. Take it and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So it's been a little while since we met together. I'm just going to review a little bit about what we talked about the last two times that we met together. So our first time that we really focused on surrendering to Jesus, that none of us can be a disciple unless we surrender our lives. Unless we get down and say, God, here it is, take it. Here it is, take it. Because if he doesn't take it from us and we don't give it over to him freely, then we truly cannot receive anything from him. We truly will not be able to be disciples. Um, we talked about the, the, the review of the different things that we want to receive in discipleship. They're having discipleship, teachability and a surrendered heart, a personal desire for more of Jesus and an expectation for him to give more of himself to us. We talked about having consistency and commitment. You have to be committed to, the, to walking with Jesus, to living a life of Jesus and to knowing him more. And then you have to be consistent in that every single day, constantly following after him. Because if you're not consistent, then you're actually not showing maturity. And then the other thing that we said is that you have to have God's word and the Holy Spirit in mixture, the rhema and the logos together. They're separate. They're not separated. They're the exact same thing. Um, and we talked about how the, sim the most simple thing in discipleship or what, what the simplest way to say discipleship is that we're doing life together around Jesus. Doing life together around Jesus. And then we, we talked about the five things that we want to focus on here while we are doing our time of discipleship. And that's one, prayer. Two, fellowship around Jesus. Three, the word of God. 
Four, obedience to the Holy Spirit. And five, accountability. And we talked about how obedience is one of Jesus' commands. We want to, if we love him, we obey his commands. How accountability is something, the only way for us to be accountable and to hold accountability and to be held accountable is we have to give permission to each other. If we don't give permission to each other for that, then we will never be able to actually be accountable or be held accountable. If I tell you, hey, brother, um, I want you to take my phone from me and hold it, but then four minutes later, I walk over there and take it from you and say, yes, my phone, then that's not actually giving permission for it. That's saying for a moment, here, take that. All right, and then we got into 2 Timothy 1 and 2. Tonight, we're going to take a look at, we were going to get into 2 Timothy 1 again, um, but as I was praying and worshiping and then I affirmed by the two songs that Tawan had the Lord put on his heart tonight, uh, we're actually going to get into Matthew 13. So if we want to um, get into our groups, we're going to go ahead and get into groups. First off, three to four people get into a group, someone that you can receive from, people that you can actually be vulnerable with, people that you can actually talk to. Look around the room, get up and move, be chess pieces so that you're actually able to, to do this. Three to four people, we're going to get into our groups and we're going to spend some time together. And then after our time and our groups are done, we're actually going to come back together and talk a little bit more about the passage, a little bit more about um, discipleship, and a little bit more about what we're going to move towards for what we're going to move towards in the future. Um, so Matthew 13, gather, gather, turn around, get around in circles so everybody can see each other and talk to each other. Everybody just kind of sitting still, move to move to some place. I'm just going to roam around and pop into different people's groups at different times. While we're moving around, you guys at home, same thing. Turn around, get with your group, get with your family, get with a one person, a friend, whoever you feel like you can get with. Sit down with those people. We're going to ask a couple different questions. We're going to do a couple different things, okay? Matthew 13. I'm going to pray for us one more time. Is it me and you again, Marin? <laughs> All right, here we go. We're going to start off asking these questions to each other and praying together, just kind of saying what's going on inside of your family, inside of your community, what are things, needs, specific needs inside of your family, inside of your community. Ask those questions to each other, and then after you ask those questions and you share, then, then spend some time praying over those things. We'll spend about uh, maybe eight minutes or so on that. All right. I know some of you may still be finishing up with your prayer. Um, please take your time. It's good to... Uh, pour out our burdens and the needs around us and to see the ways that we can actually help fill those needs as well as spend time going before the Father for those things. Okay, if you've got the word in front of you, we're in Matthew 13. And we're going to be looking at verse 44 through 46. I'll read it out loud. Oh, made that really loud. 
Um, I'll read it out loud. Here we go. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. I'll read it one more time. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. All right, so in your groups, I want you to ask this question first. How does this verse speak to discipleship? You have about uh, five, seven minutes to talk about that. All right. Maybe an interesting question. Oh, look at that. Made this thing fall off again. Maybe an interesting question on a, um, on a passage that doesn't necessarily use the word discipleship in it, but I'm sure that you guys talked about a couple different things. I want to draw your attention to just a couple different parts inside of this. Um, one, that there's an exchange that happens. There is an exchange that happens. You are giving up something for something, and hopefully that's something for of much greater worth, something of much greater worth. In this passage, we're talking specifically about Jesus, gaining Jesus, which is of much greater worth. And in discipleship, what is the main goal of it? Why are we doing this? What is the end result of it? For more of Jesus. That's the only reason. As we read in what was that, four weeks ago, the two COVID weeks have thrown me off. The first time that we did the discipleship, we read the verse that said, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. It's always about Jesus. It's about gaining more of him, about getting more of him. So that's the first thing. The second thing I want to draw your attention to is that the joy that comes from that because if you are taking, we, I, I, we just talked in our group, if you knew that Apple stock was going to be as high as it is right now, that if you could have bought it at 50 cents per share or a dollar per share back at that time, you would have been overjoyed to spend $1 on that Apple stock. Or if, I, if you knew, like this pastor said, if you knew that that piece of land had a huge fortune on it, you would absolutely go pay the $1,000 or the $300,000 or whatever it is because it's of greater worth. And there's so much joy in that giving away. I hate to spend money, period. And right now I can't taste, but when I usually like to, to, to spend money, something that I can always justify spending my money on is good food because I love food. So I will gladly spend $50 on a really great steak, gladly, every time. And as my wife, can, my wife's probably sitting at home saying, wow, that's a lot of money for Zach to spend because I hate spending money. I hate spending money, but a really great steak I will joyfully give the money for. And even, so, even more so in discipleship, we're making an exchange 
God, take of me for more of you. Brother, take of my time so that I can learn more about Jesus, so that I can grow more in Jesus. Okay, here's our, here's our second question. What is difficult for us as we read these scriptures? What's hard? What's something that is hard? What, what's difficult? How does the scripture taste sour to you? What's something that your flesh doesn't like in these scriptures? All right. So I'm sure some of us still have some more conversation that we could go through. Some of us have been done like an hour ago. Um, so some things for, for us to think about as we, as we think about this one. This, this scripture in itself may not draw some on some of us. It may not be difficult at all. Yeah, absolutely. It's worth it. Do it with joy. There's joy, there's joy there. For some of us, it may be very difficult that we say, I just don't have joy Giving away things is not something that I enjoy. That may be what we said. Or some of us may say, this, this scripture right here, it, the, the thing that's difficult about it is that it, it, it brings some guilt on me. It brings some, some heart on me. Why do I not treasure Jesus like this? Why? Why do I struggle with him like this? I know that this is true. In my mind and in my heart, I know this is true, but I don't walk it out. It's that, that whole Paul, I do what I don't want to do, and what I want to do, I don't do. It's difficult. It's difficult. All right, last question. Last question. Are we ready? We're going to spend just a minute on this one, about, about five minutes on this one. If he is worth it, if he is worth it, then what is my exchange for him? And don't be ambiguous and say, oh, everything. Oh, I'll give up everything because that's really hard. Everything all at once is really hard. Reality, what will I exchange? Think of it time-wise. How much of my time will I give for him? Try to quantitate it. Maybe, maybe that way it will help a little bit. Okay, got about five to seven minutes on that one. All right. Some of us, once again, could probably kill, still keep talking. Some of us have been done a long time ago. Um, so especially you guys, you guys could probably still keep talking the whole time. They're like, we haven't even finished the first question. We're still praying over people over here. Um, and these, the, some, some of us are like, yeah, we, we finished all that in like 30 seconds. We're ready to move on to the next thing. Um, interpersonal problems, right? No, I'm just playing. Um, okay. So, so we've, we've talked a little bit about this, this specific scripture. We've talked about discipleship. The, the purpose of discipleship and the reason that we wanted to talk about discipleship and the reason that we want to move towards discipleship and the reason we want to gather together in discipleship groups is for the purpose for all of us to gain this treasure, to gain this treasure that is more worth. And you know, I honestly believe that we constantly are selling everything to buy another field and selling everything to buy another field because actually what we, what we find and what we see is that we know this much of Jesus and then we want to know this much of Jesus. And there's a sacrifice 
that has to happen. We have to give up this to get this. And then we have to give up this to get this. They have to give up this to get this and that and that. And so we're constantly having to give up because honestly, what we would really like to do is we like to put God inside of a box, inside of our doctrinal boxes, inside of our belief boxes, inside of the way that he works. We like to put him in this box and like say, this is God. This is him. But honestly, God has to break out of the box and take over so much more of us so that we can get more of him. Because we'll never get more of God if he's this. That's all that he is to us. But if he's this to us, then we'll never get more of him than that. But whenever he is truly the infinite fullness of what he is, and, and the great thing is, is that he, and as we get more of him, we are one more satisfied in him, we're more content that, that, that uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that we use for our football games and all these other things. In actuality, that verse comes right after Paul says, I, am, I have learned to be content in everything. It's about contentment in Jesus because what he has is Jesus. And with Jesus, he is completely full. I love Psalm 23, verse 1 in Spanish. Do you know why I love it in Spanish? Because the word for, the, in, in English, the, the word that I always learned was, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And I was always like, I don't want anything anyways. I Just give me all the money, I'll be okay. I don't need anything in want. In Spanish, the word is faltara, which basically means I am lacking nothing. I have no lack El Señor es mi pastor, nada me faltará. Nothing, nothing do I have of lack. And that's true. With the Lord, as we have more of him, we lack nothing. And in, in, that, in that Philippians 4.13 verse, it really is saying, man, I lack nothing aside from Jesus. And this is a, a daily, constant thing. So, in, in discipleship, I think a lot of us have a thought of, we have our guru here, and then we are all the, um, in Urdu, we call it, we, are, we have our ustad, and then we're all the chela. So the chela are the people that sit under the feet of the guru, and we pick up what he's, put, what he's putting down. That's only what we do for Jesus. In you and me discipleship, people under people, the hope is that I am helping you to where we are now on an even plane to where we can constantly sow into each other's lives. And so if we, if we want to continue in discipleship like this, if I'm, I'm saying this as CCR, Calvary Chapel Richmond. If we want to continue in this, if we've liked these last three times, um, then we have three different thoughts for you to, to think about. There's a call that's here at the end right now, and I want you to think about what this looks like for you. Because I'm... Praise the Lord, just got my visa to go back to our country this past week, or actually on Monday. So I am probably going to be leaving here um, within the next couple months. We're willing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, that's what he wants us to do. So we're, we're excited about that. Um, but for the, for the time that we are here, I would love to help you to, one, learn how to be discipled, and to learn how to disciple 
others. Because the, whole, the, the second hope in discipleship is that you come with joy. You are filled with joy and you go and you sell everything that you have to go get that field. And then you know what you're going to do after you get that field? You're going to invite all of your friends and you're going to throw a huge party. A huge party. The, the one right after that, parable, uh, the parable of the net, for 47 through 49, talks about gathering everyone. You've sold everything that you had. You got the thing that was of great worth and you gather all of the fish gathering people together to share with them this great news that you have. But how do you do that? What does that look like? A lot of us are, have not moved in discipleship because we honestly don't know what it looks like because we've never been a part of it um, ourselves. So we don't know how to disciple others. So if you're interested, this is the first call. If you feel like, if you've been convicted and you feel like you need to get discipled, you need to have discipleship in your life and you don't currently have it in a one-on-one, a small group capacity, then I would like for you, if you're online, I'd like for you to email questions at calvarychapel.com and say, yes, I would like more of this. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you some of your time. It's going to cost you some of your um, comfort zone. And it's probably going to cost you having to put up with me for a little while, which is a big cost because I can be crazy and... Maybe a little in your face at times. Um, so that, that's, that's the first one, if you feel like that. And if you're here inside of the sanctuary, then just come up after church and let's talk for a minute. Um, after we're done, after we dismiss here in a minute, just come up and talk for a minute. The second thing is, is that if you, if you feel like, uh, those, are, those are the people that, that feel like they need discipleship. I need to be in discipleship relationship. The second, the second part is the people that are um, wanting to, disciple others. You say, yeah, I've been, in disip- I've been discipled. I feel ready to disciple others. I just don't know how. I don't have an avenue. We also want to create that avenue for you. This is a two-way thing. We want to create disciples who are making disciples, 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 who are making disciples. Because disciples are people who want to know more of Jesus and want to find more of Jesus. And you're seeking after the kingdom of God. You're seeking after Jesus more than you are. So those, those people also send us, quest, send us an email at questions at calvarychapel.com. And if, sorry, Calvary Chapel RVA. Forgive me. Questions at calvarychapelrva.com. Um, send an email to that email address, and we would love to catch you online. If, if you're in the room, then just come up to me afterwards, and we can talk about it. Um, and then the, the third group is those of you who are already in a discipleship relationship who are already seeking after Jesus, who are already full and being filled with him more. And you're already doing all these things. You're already making disciples because I know that there are plenty of you out there who are. You're already doing it. And you don't need to add something up onto your plate. You don't need to say, hey, well, yeah, out of guilt and everything that we've said, I really need to come to meet you here. No, you need to continue in with what God has already told you to do, what's already in your hands, the meetings and the times that you're already spending. You need to continue in that. And I want to encourage you in that. If you've spent time in these last three times that we've done this and you've said, yes, I'm already doing that. I'm already being obedient to the commands of Jesus. I'm already being filled more with him. I'm already selling all that I have and surrendering myself to him, and I'm already meeting with people and sharing the faith with them. I'm already making disciples. Then, brother, bless you. Sister, bless you. Bless you. Don't pick up any guilt in anything that we've talked about. 
Instead, rejoice that the kingdom of God is going forth in and through you. Because, man, that's exciting to me. Whenever I get messages from brothers that are meeting together, I am excited. I am so excited. Whenever, I get, whenever my wife gets messages of sisters who are meeting together, because I don't get messages from sisters, um, then she's, and she tells me, oh, you know this happened? I'm like, man, praise Jesus. That is so exciting. It, it truly truly brings tears of joy to my eyes to see the church of Jesus Christ being the church of Jesus Christ and not anything less than what it is because we are his bride. We are truly his bride and he wants us to be a pure, righteous bride. I'm gonna share one more thing from Romans 4 that the Lord broke me really hard with this past week. It's Romans 4 talking about Abraham and righteousness and how he received righteousness because he himself considered what Jesus said or what God said to him was true and it was considered him righteousness. So verse 20 and 4 says, No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. That's all good and great, and I love that. Go to the next verse. But the words that was counted to him were not written for his sake alone. They weren't just written for Abraham, but for ours also, it will be counted to us who believe, believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. It will be counted to us as righteousness. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that right there, brothers and sisters, is such great news. And that right there, brothers and sisters, is what all of this is about. I so often have this mistrust of God, but I don't want to have any mistrust, any mistrust. I don't want to have no mistrust. What he said, it is true. It is going to come to pass. And he will keep the deposit to which we've given him. I'm going to pray for us, um, and then after the service, if you, have, if, you, if you feel like you want more, then please come up and let's talk. We'll meet right here in the front row if anybody wants to come up. If not, or if you're at home, questions at calvarychapelrva.com, send an email, and then we'll be in touch about what the future looks like. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we come to you and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your time. We thank you that your word is good. We thank you that there are so many promises in your word. We thank you that, man, that you love us. That you love us. And that you want more for us. <laughs> you want more for us. And we know that more for us is in you, Jesus. And the whole purpose of all of this is so that we may gain you, so that we may know you, Lord, and that we may be known by you, Jesus. 
I pray that you would just fill us afresh, fill us anew, Jesus. Lord, that we would be your bride daily, every single day, that we would exchange the things that are worth nothing for the one thing that is worth everything. And that we would give our lives to it. We thank you, Jesus. We love you. It's in your holy, precious, wonderful name that we pray. Amen. Uh, You're dismissed. God bless.